Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Thursday, and this is the season after Epiphany. In the season, we hear about the start of Jesus' ministry from his baptism until he turns to make his way, from the cro- way to the cross. This is the story about Jesus that we see declared to be the Son of God from his baptism. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This morning we're going to read verses 18 through 25. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scholar? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of the proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews ask for signs, and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews in foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Some of the doubts that have plagued me, and I'm sure others over the years, have been about the seeming foolishness of the gospel. And the most objections that I've heard from others about this have been about that message of the cross. They focused also on its apparent foolishness. With all the trouble in our lives and all the world right now, they would say, why would we put our faith in a message about a man who was crucified by the Romans 2,000 years ago? Will faith in this man and in this message about the one crucified, will that make me any smarter, any richer, any happier? 
Will it make me more powerful or influential, more secure, open the doors of opportunity and privilege, leave me less anxious and more at peace, more fulfilled and satisfied with my life than any other path that I might well pursue? Aren't there other ways that promise just those things? Well, that's correct. The answer is no. And this is really the power and the beauty of this passage, because Paul simply accepts and leans into the mockery of those who do not receive the message of the cross, who believe its foolishness, or who are tripped up by its shame. No, Paul writes, it does not make sense according to the way that you view the world, not according to your aims and goals and values. That is precisely what God is doing in the world, confounding those aims, those goals, those values, and the wisdom about going about getting it. And that says something about our aims and goals and values. It says something about our heart. God has now done something in Jesus Christ that we simply cannot come to under our own powers of reason, or through our own religious observations, or through our own connection and spirituality. What's more is that God has intentionally set out to confound us so that we cannot come to know that everything that we have in this life, in this world, comes to us as a gracious gift from God. We cannot come to know that on our own. We have to instead come to the end of everything to be given this gift. It is all by faith. Not by, by, by a blind faith, not by that kind of faith that just says, take this here, but it is a faith that comes inspired by the Holy Spirit that trusts in the message of the cross that trust that this message is what God is doing. And save for the miracle of God's grace that comes to us through the preaching of this message of the cross, we then too would be lost and blind in this world without hope, without God. This message of the cross is also what we call the gospel or the good news about Jesus the Christ. It is the story that we find in our creed, and it is not self-evident God has sent his Son into the world to be born from Mary, to suffer, to be crucified under Pontius Pilate, and after three days rise again from the dead, raised to be seated at God's right hand, proving that he is the one, the anointed one, the Christ, who has come to redeem and save the entire creation and who now reigns over that creation, and that he will come again to judge the living and the dead as he brings in the fullness of the kingdom of God, and what's more, he has sent the Holy Spirit into the world and into our hearts to abide in us and among us, to empower us to witness to this Lord Jesus, inviting others to repent and believe the good news and to come into the fellowship of this new creation that is emerging in the Spirit, in Christ. Now, now there's a lot that's included within that broad outline, but the, the basic story is what we find in John three sixteen through 17 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him has life in his name. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. God gives Jesus to return our hearts and minds to the God who created and loved us. And that's the power of this message for those of us who, by the grace of God, has come to trust in it. It gives us life through this faith. Life that is stronger than death. Life that anticipates a new heaven and a new earth because Christ has been raised from the dead and now reigns over heaven and earth. 
It promises a new and renewed relationship with God in a place, in a new and renewed humanity that is, is right with God and right with this world. And the point of all of this is that our hearts now belong to God once again. That relationship has been restored. We have found peace with God, even as God's heart has been given to us. This will not make you smarter in this world, or richer or happier or more powerful according to the world's standards, but the good news of Jesus Christ promises us so much more. It promises us life with God forever, even if, like Jesus, we must suffer now. God has hidden in the cross so that we might come to believe the full measure of God's love for us in Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, what kind of a fool would give their life to save a poor soul like mine? A very foolish, and very beautiful, creative, and loving God that we have come to know and see through the cross of Jesus Christ. So we can admit it can even lean into our doubts about it. It truly is foolishness from the outside, but it is also the wisdom and the righteousness of God for those of us who, by the grace of God, have come to believe that in this message about this Christ, we have been saved, and along with us, this whole world has been saved from us and our own devices. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel, who have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. For who else, for what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For who else? For what else do we pray? 
We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through this night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.